Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 23, He Has the Computer, We Can Rebuild It. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Mike as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? Not too bad. Thanks for having me on the show, Alex. Yeah, well, you were very pumped about it, and I was happy to have you. I don't have anybody who fixes computers yet on the show, so you're the first. You're taking away my computer fixing podcast virginity, in a oh, sense. that's yeah, wonderful. It's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's horrible, but good at the same time. So before we start talking about fixing computers, uh, would you like to tell the audience the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, so um, I've uh, fixed computers uh, since I was very young. Um, got into it um, when my mom asked a technician to help her out with her computer. And uh, back in the day, Intel had these cool hologram stickers on their uh, processors and that needed to be replaced. And I saw that uh, sticker and I was really fascinated because, you know, shiny stickers, you know, who doesn't like that? And so ever since I've uh, been, you know, looking into how to fix computers, you know, hands-on work with my own, breaking it many, many times. And now um, I have a repair shop at University of Ottawa and we serve all 40,000 to 50,000 students as well as faculty on campus. Um, so it's pretty fun. We get a lot of people and uh, every computer is that comes in is a interesting and unique challenge and love puzzles. And would the title be fixing computers or is there an official title for somebody who does these kind of things? Um, generally speaking is computer technician. Um, so uh, you classify as that. Uh, and we, we fix uh, other stuff, not just computers, um, cell phones, tablets, those kind of things. Not quite TVs though. Um, there's a separate uh, job for TV repairs. Um, so usually computers, laptop, desktop, cell phone, tablets. Even smart TVs or? Uh, smart TVs, we do not. Okay. Uh, so there's somebody else that does uh, TV repairs and they specialize in that or large appliances, basically. Um, like smart fridges and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. that's. Uh, <laughs> so it's not, it's not the same type of technology inside a smart fridge as it would be inside a Well, tablet. it is. Yeah. It's just um, we don't have uh, necessarily the space to handle a larger. Fridge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they, they seem heavy and a lot of work, to be honest. And so, yeah. Maybe in the future, but that's pretty heavy to carry around, but not for now. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you kind of explained it a little bit, but um, so you were introduced to this by a computer where it had the little sticker on it. Yeah, it was my mom's uh, personal computer okay. back in uh, 2000, and they were using um, a processor that still stick into the motherboard as a slot. So it was like a slot um, loaded uh, CPU, and you could just rip uh, replace them fairly easily. And it just, it was a cool module. It's uh, like a card that you would just stick in. Do you still have it today? I do, actually. <laughs> as a matter of fact, uh, I, I kept it and I, it's going to be antique one day and it's going to be great for a museum. And is it still functional or is it like dead and then, but you're just keeping it for yeah, memory? Uh, I do have uh, functional ones as well as uh, non-functioning ones. Um, Intel, obviously, to this day, they still make processors and I have uh, many generations of it. Um, for my own, uh, as well as just upgrading and, you know, discontinuing older generation ones. Now, this might be a tough question, but how many computers have you fixed? If you can, let's say, let's say your own personal computers. And because I, I know you work at the university and you fix computers and tablets and phones on a daily basis. So let's ignore those ones because right. that's, that's a big number. Right. Uh, for, I guess, uh, between myself, uh, my family and some uh, friends and stuff, probably close to 400 something computers. So still quite a, a bit, uh, but definitely nowhere near the ones that we get at university. 
but uh, still quite a bit. I mean, I've been doing this for 15 years, so I mean, it's it only comes down to um, like 30 a year, so it's not too bad. And you, when you say you you fix these computers, is it more hardware or software that you prefer fixing? Um, hardware is uh, always fun, uh, although uh, not every single time it's repaired just because of the cost, right? Nobody wants to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Um, so I guess I get both. Uh, if it's a software-related issue, I might be able to take a look at it remotely, um, as long as you have internet. But uh, a lot of times, uh, the computer I get in uh, would have issues uh, with their hardware, and I would have to be physically on site or somebody bring it over, and I take a look at it then. And I'm guessing you get a mixture of Linux, Mac, uh, Mac, Mac, and P uh, Windows. Which one do you prefer to yeah. play around with? So um, I guess Linux you can install on like Windows computers. Um, so there's hardware-wise, they're the same device. Yeah. Uh, Apple devices, yeah, quite a lot of those as well. I have to deal with both, so I really have to be experienced in both. And uh, with Windows, it's easier to repair. A lot of the parts are um, standardized, whereas Apple, they like to use the proprietary stuff. And we all know how that is. Every once in a while, I have to buy a new adapter because it's no longer compatible. Um, so there is that. But in terms of um, the sheer number of parts uh, for Apple, it's a lot less because their devices, there's only so many models of that. Whereas for Windows computers, you have HP, you have Dell, you have Lenovo, you have all these brands making their own things. So it's definitely um, harder to uh, find the appropriate parts for Windows computers. Um, but I, I like fixing them both and I'm used to doing both and uh, they both present different challenges. So they both present different challenges, but would you say one is tougher than the other one per se? Or? Um, it depends also on the problem. Uh, so with Apple devices, uh, fixing screens, um, because they're the way that they make them, manufacture them, they're glued down a certain way, which means that instead of replacing just the screen, I have to replace the whole body, the chassis as well, uh, because they're glued together, uh, which is, I guess, it's more costly. Um, and generally people don't like that. Whereas Windows computers, I could just, um, you know, unscrew some of the plastic around it and uh, just replace the screen. So it's definitely easier doing that, uh, I guess. So would you say that Apple products are mostly made for people not to mess around with kind of thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And even their own technician at the Apple store, they don't, uh, once they see an error, they don't really troubleshoot and fix it. They just replace it. They know exactly what part is kind of malfunctioning. And uh, sometimes they are fixable uh, if you spill water on it and stuff like that. Um, as soon as the sticker uh, shows red, which means water has touched it, Apple won't touch it anymore and they'll ask you to replace it, even if there might not be any issue with it. Um, whereas um, like for Windows, uh, it's, you can just... Uh, I guess the repairability is a lot higher for these devices, for Windows ones. Um, but in terms of troubleshooting, uh, if Apple devices, um, I want to say it, as soon as, uh, let's say, a component's flagged, it's just replaced. And there's less components in a Mac device than a Windows device. So it's faster in fixing, I guess. And what are some common uh, troubleshooting or problems with Macs and Windows that you encounter? Yeah, so uh, for Apple devices, predominantly, especially with MacBook Air, about 80% of the MacBook Air we see on campus that comes in are from people spilling their coffee or tea, which is, uh, um, you should get a keyboard cover uh, for it, uh, which definitely helps. Uh, less aesthetically pleasing, but definitely solves that issue. 
we do see um, for Apple devices, battery is worn out after a few years. Quite common, students use their computer a lot and that's understandable. Uh, for Windows computers, uh, we see a lot of um, hardware or, or hard drive failures, um, also because they like to put their computer to sleep. Uh, and sometimes the hard drive is still spinning before um, putting you know, it in the backpack. Exactly. And, and so that gets worn out really rapidly. It's a commonly replaceable part and it's pretty fast. But again, uh, something that gets worn out. Uh, Windows computer, a lot of people break their screens um from drinking too much or something or they just drop it the frame is a little bit more because it's not, not not necessarily aluminum uh for windows a lot of them are plasticky so they tend to break a lot more okay so it's a lot of human error that pretty much is yeah the cause. generally <laughs> speaking um uh, yeah so not quite so much the manufacturing side uh they do a fairly good job but depending on the series of laptops uh there might be manufacturing defects as well well, speaking of which, my laptop is going through some weird changes right now. There's certain buttons that do not work on it, such as the delete, the left button, and the power button. I have to keep on pressing it to, to turn on. But that's something that we could talk about later on. But today, it's, it's about you, not my interesting, weird-looking laptop. Mm -hmm. And a following question to that would be... Um, is there a preferred time of day that you like to fix your personal computers? Let's say in the morning when you're fresh and ready, or is it like when you get it back home from work or right after eating dinner? Um, my own computer, I generally like to um, work on it after I've stopped working on fixing computers for a while. So I'm like fully into it and I'm excited for a new challenge. If I've been working on you know, 15 computers on campus already, coming back home, I probably wouldn't want to touch it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. And how long would it take you? What was actually, what was the longest time it took you to fix one computer? Um, fixing computer, it depends on, I guess, sometimes the part. Sometimes uh, the part is coming from international country and you don't want to pay too much. So slow shipping, uh, it would be like a three month just waiting for uh, parts and stuff. Fixing it, as soon as you get the part, wouldn't take as much time. Um, usually it'll be done same day, basically within a few hours it'll be done, but, uh, sourcing a part, especially if it's a rare model for computer, uh, it does take a bit of time. Now, was there a computer that you could not fix? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there, there will be a plenty. Like if you, uh, spill liquid and we see a lot of those and we, we, one of the things that we specialize is liquid damage repair, but even so, uh, every case is unique. And if you seriously burnt out some of the components on it, uh, and fried the motherboard, um, there's no going back from that. It needs to be replaced. And uh, so long as you're willing to spend the money on a replacement motherboard, for example, uh, everything can be fixed. Um, it's just how much resources you want to put into it. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's worth investing to fix it. And sometimes it's just worth to get a new yeah, computer. And, and after we make the assessment, we would recommend on fixing or not. And some people have gone against that recommendation. And one uh, lady have actually spent like $800 on her fixing her old MacBook and against our advice, but she was really attached to it and that's fine. And she, you know, she had a high profile job, which, you know, allowed like she can afford it. So we went ahead and re uh, repaired that. Do you, so I'm guessing you don't get attached to the computers that don't work. Like for me and myself, I've been through a few laptops and I've lost everything. And at first it was devastating, but now when it happens, I'm like, okay, it's computers. Sometimes it happens that you lose data, files get corrupted, and... Yeah, um, generally, uh, I like to have backups for those things. Um, there's a saying, um, two is one and one is none. 
So if you have two backups, if one fails, you still have one. And then if you have one, which is being your your main computer, and that fails, you have none. So you definitely want to back up your files. Uh, Hardware-wise, uh, technology changes all the time. So if they, you know, after three years, they start wearing out and stuff, um, especially for students, at, at around the two, three-year point, uh, they start failing. Um, yeah, they'll need to be replaced, especially if you're buying a cheaper end uh, computer. Um, and... For for me, I spent a little bit more on my technology, usually about uh, thousand two hundred to thousand five hundred, um, tax included, and they last a good uh, five years easily. And if you keep on upgrading it and take good care of it, they'll last uh, much more longer than that. Yeah, I agree. And to come back to that point of uh, backing up your stuff, on the back of my uh, laptop screen, I have two hard drives stuck to it. So I save it on one and save the exact same thing on the other one. So if one fails. I can just buy a new hard drive and transfer the other one. So I always have. Well, that's dead. excellent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I do uh, caution about uh, taping them to the front of the screen. If you ever close a lid, there's uh, forces and shocks uh, that your hard drive does suffer. So it wears those out prematurely. So, and as well as the angle of the screen, uh, you want to keep it usually flat. Um, but definitely having backup <laughs> is better than not having it. Um, just uh, you may want to put that flat on the surface of a table. Okay, so I'm going to take that off right after this podcast and then <laughs> readjust that. I put it with some sort of like Velcro tape so it can yeah. come off. And then when I'm using it, yeah. I take it off. Yeah, and But that's, that's that, fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, what would you say is your biggest pet peeve when it comes to, let's say, students or people that want you to fix their, com- your com- their computer or just the whole technician community? Oh, uh, man, there's quite a few, I would say. Uh, one of the top ones, probably your computer being super, super dirty. A lot of people like eating in front of the computer, watching Netflix and stuff like that. And that's understandable. Um, but once we uh, get a computer that comes in and there are some people that smoke and the smoke gets inside the computer, it gets all sticky and weird. And yeah, that's uh, definitely, um, we, we don't want to touch that as a biohazard. And what would you say is the weirdest thing you saw in a computer? My sister actually had spiders in hers. Oh, we actually just got a computer in uh, University of Ottawa and uh, it had uh, actually live bugs. There were about 20 or 30 live uh, crawling bugs. They look like bed bugs, uh, but I I still haven't uh, isolated like exactly which species. But uh, we killed them immediately. Um, It was uh, pretty crazy. I mean, bugs like warm stuff. So they tend to crawl uh, inside your computer, uh, especially if your house is infested with something. Um, and that's sometimes unavoidable and that sometimes causes things to short out. And that's why um, the word bugs are, are associated. Back in the day, computers would stop working because bugs would crawl into um, the computer, inside the computer and fry the transistors and stuff. And your computer would stop working. That's why it's called bugs when something doesn't work. Uh, I did not know that. That's actually pretty interesting. Are there any other terms like that that came from things that people don't know about? Uh, I, I'm sure there are. Nothing. Uh, I can't remember anything off the top of my head. But uh, yeah, the, the common term when people use when something isn't working, bugs. Uh, and that's where it came from. Okay. And I'm guessing virus meaning sick and hacking. Would you know that one if that is a um, thing? No, well, hacking is associated with just uh, modification of a particular device. A lot of people attribute that to, you know, malicious uh, coding and, you know, trying people trying to get extort money out of others. Not necessarily the case. I mean, I could hack a computer by changing out the parts with a different one. So uh, that's 
some people can call that something I do every day. I just hack computers. Um, but um, you can hack different stuff. You could hack your chainsaw if you. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So, I was thinking of hacking. I was thinking of chainsaws. So I'm like, maybe somebody yeah. had a chainsaw to a computer and like hacked it in a <laughs> weird way. But speaking of which, did you ever encounter a virus that was really tough to get rid of in a computer? Yeah, um, I guess um, viruses uh, are like a generic term. There's also a different classification spyware, malware, ransomware, and, and they're all classified as malicious software. Uh, one of the more serious ones was, um, I guess, uh, that particular software uh, encrypted all of the client's files and asked for payment. Uh, it was called ransomware, and it's more and more common uh, associated with Bitcoins, uh, stuff like that. And uh, we were actually able to decrypt it uh, after the fact. Um, we spoke to some uh, security uh, professionals and uh, they advised us on the best way to decrypt it. And they've already seen that particular uh, malicious code. So they were able to reverse engineer it and we were able to get the client's files back. Uh, but that's not always the case, especially if it's just like the flu, right? Every single year you get a different strain and somebody has to experience it first for researchers to develop uh, something that will fix that issue. I could be wrong, but it seems like malicious software and uh, malware come in waves because I think it was back in November or October 2017, there was this uh, Wi-Fi. I could be wrong with with Androids and it was just affected everybody. Yeah, so basically um, how it works is uh, Microsoft will release new software and all of these people around the world, whether they be uh, white hat hackers, which are the good guys preventing hacks from happening, and the black hat and the people in between, the black hat might, um, I guess, uh, they they see what other loopholes can be found in the new code that's released by Microsoft and they'll take advantage of it. And once that happens, um, you get all these reports from users with different issues, and Microsoft will respond to that, and they'll release uh, updates to patch those things. And again, it will be a cycle where you know Microsoft will patch some things, and then these uh, hackers will like you find new loopholes, and back and forth it goes. And do you? I know I could be wrong again, but the more you update your old computer, the slower it gets. Correct? Is that something you do? Do you um, keep updating it, or is that a myth? Yeah, so nowadays Microsoft makes you update your uh, computer. Different versions uh, prevent you from doing updates. Uh, like professional version allows you to defer updates. Uh, the enterprise version of Windows, uh, basically it won't update until you choose to update. Um, so it gives like larger agencies a chance to make sure that there are no security loopholes. Um, I For my own personal computer, I can defer updates, especially with the latest um, 1809, which is the September release in 2018 for Windows, where they actually pulled it back because it wasn't ready. Uh, so I actually deferred that update so I didn't see my sound failing. A lot of computers had that issue where the sound failed uh, after that update. And um, so long as Microsoft uh, programmed their patches to clean up after themselves, your computer won't be too affected. Um, and again, every computer is different, so the software is optimized for the majority of the models, but your computer might not be fully tested, and that's why you see problems. And we do get a lot of student computers where if it's a rare rare model or if it's off-brand, um, the software have, might have incompatibilities and they'll start seeing weird glitches to their computer. 
All right. So be aware, make sure that everything works well and do routine checkups, do virus scans and do yeah. all, the, all, the, all the basic things, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, at least, I don't necessarily recommend antivirus. No, no. Um, it, it does take a lot of extra toll on your computer in terms of because resources are being used. You see your computer being slowed. Um, generally speaking, if you don't click on weird ads and pop-ups, that's usually a good start. I haven't gotten a virus for many, many years from just you know, not clicking on that. Uh, having a pop-up blocker and stuff like that does help. Uh, usually pop-ups are not good. So yeah, with those, it definitely helps. App blocker, definitely use that. And a VPN, would that be? So a VPN, for those who don't know, it's a, uh, is it virtual? Yeah, a virtual private network. And uh, it allows you to, uh, I guess, not be traced as, like you could pretend to be in another country if you still wish. Um, it doesn't prevent you from getting viruses. It prevents somebody from, uh, well, it definitely makes def- uh, their lives harder in terms of uh, seeing what you are up to. Um, that's not to say as a foolproof solution, but it, it, as you increase security, uh, other like it's a deterrent, major deterrent for uh, hackers to see what you're doing. So more security, but you're reducing your freedom at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it's security versus convenience. So you could get more security, um, but it's just more steps, right? And you you have to set up the VPN, you have to have it connect to another computer, and you have to set make sure that everything's working. And that's more work on you. Uh, whereas I could just go on the internet, right? And yeah, it's exactly. like straightforward stuff. So if you do value uh, your your uh, personal information and stuff like that, uh, you you can definitely uh, use that. Now, a question I didn't write down, but I figured it'd be pretty interesting to ask. Where do you see the future of computers going? And what would you want to see? So two types of question, like you see it going in one direction, but you'd want to see it going somewhere else. Yeah. So computers are getting smaller and smaller and everybody wants that. They don't have too much space. However, the fixability of the computers goes down significantly. You know, back in the day, a lot of users use MacBook, right? So um, the 13-inch MacBook Pro, uh, you've probably seen that everywhere. Students uh, love using that model. And Apple did uh, use that model for... Uh, many years. Uh, I think it was from 2019 to 2014, 15. They were still selling it recently, actually, as uh, their older generation models. And the reason for that is uh, they were upgradable. You could upgrade the RAM, you could upgrade the hard drive and stuff like that. And nowadays, um, everything is soldered directly onto the motherboard. So as soon as you pick it from Apple's webpage, for example, you want an 8 gigabyte RAM, uh, you want 256 gig of internal storage. Um, now that it's all state, you can't change that anymore. Um, so 10 years down the road, when we're talking about you need terabytes of data, which may happen, you have no choice but to just replace the device. You can't upgrade that anymore. And uh, that's a shame. And because uh, Apple is trying to make things smaller and smaller, and people like getting smaller devices, lighter, things that last longer, they have to innovate that way, right? Because that's how people want it. But fixing it becomes significantly harder, if not impossible. Uh, so if you want to upgrade your parts, uh, well, you have to replace the entire thing, which is a very costly endeavor. It's about you know, can six hundred to eight hundred dollar for a new motherboard. Um, so most people choose to just buy a new one. Uh, so where I want to see it going, uh, definitely, I would like to see those components become modular again. And that way, it gives the people the option of just upgrading instead of replacing. And it's not very good for an environment, right? If you think about it. Um, and our resources are finite. Um, so 
uh, if we're able to just swap out part of it instead of the full thing, that would definitely be better. And eventually people will realize that they're, they're not at that point yet. And there's a right to repair movement down the states. Some of the states have legalized it where it forces Apple to provide the documentations for repair uh, so that electrical engineers or repair technicians such as myself will be able to do the repair on our own. But uh, here in Canada, we don't currently have that. And so uh, we're not, uh, we're sent like cease and desist letters uh, so that, you know, we can't publish these things for other people to help them out. Um, so, but if, eventually I do hope that people will, um, you know, want something uh, that will allow them to upgrade their own devices to repair their own devices. Yeah, because you pretty much use it for everything else in your life. Let's say you get a house. Pipe breaks, you're not going to just buy a whole new house. Yeah. A car, same thing, you know. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It would be very practical and it'd be a lot yeah. more cost. Oh, it's a very yeah. good uh, business strategy on yeah. Apple's part, oh, yeah. for example, but uh, for end users, it's not so great. Exactly. And then eventually people are going to complain enough and then there's going to be an outcry. Now, what kind of tools do you tend to use? Like little screwdrivers or is there what's kind of like? Equipment. Yeah, so um, we have screwdriver kits. Um, depending on the device, uh, like iPhones will have Pentalo. So instead of a screwdriver that's like the Phillips, which is just across, there's five point stars, basically. So Apple purposely made these. I don't know I'm picking on Apple, but uh, <laughs> the the other, uh, like, like Lenovo uses six point hex uh, screwdriver. So they're, they're all using their own thing. Um, uh, so... We, we do need to carry all these different uh, screwdrivers. And Apple is especially bad for these because they don't want you to touch their device. They want their own in-house technician to service it. And they have their reason for that. And from um, a repair sense uh, and business sense, I do see the reasoning for that. Um, but so we have the screwdriver kits. We have different electrical metering devices like multimeter oscilloscope where we actually see the each electrical component inside your computer. Uh, so if you fried something, we might be able to just replace that one small component that might cost a dollar instead of replacing the entire motherboard that Apple does, which is six to $800. Um, so we have those. Uh, we also have um, basic diagnostic software from the, each of the manufacturers. Some of them are built into your computer, actually, so you can run them yourself, uh, or we have additional ones that uh, we get. Um, we also have special... Um, diagnostic tools that will uh, check each of the components uh, independently of your operating system, which is really good because it really isolates the problem. Um, I uh, One of the tools uh, the industry likes using is PC Check, and they've been around for many, many years. And it is uh, one of the standard go-to tools uh, to have. And you could buy it yourself. It's about, I think, 300 US dollars. Um, definitely worth it if you're servicing quite a few different computers. And a huge shout out to them for providing such a wonderful tool. There you go. First shout out, shout out of the day. And we'll put the description on the link below so you can go check it out. And if you're interested, you can purchase it. Now, I might have, I should have asked this question earlier on, but have you built your own computer? Yeah, I, <laughs> I have. Um, I, building your computer is definitely a cheaper uh, way. To, well, actually, I wouldn't say it's cheaper. You get more performance per dollar. I uh, will put it that way. Um, and I've uh, built my own, I built my entire family's computer and, uh, I used to, uh, work for, uh, NCX and they're now, uh, unfortunately they're no longer exist, but, uh, my friend and I would, uh, were their technician and we built hundreds of computers every single year for people, gaming computers, business use computers, servers, and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, it's, you can find your parts online. It's just like your car, right? You, you need your brakes changed, for example, you just buy that part. 
and it's really good. You could buy high performance parts to go with that or a little bit more like economical end. So there's a lot available. It's very, it's industry standard based. So, which is really nice for desktops because uh, there's no like super special standard that you're forced to use. It's not like uh, proprietary. It's all standardized. And if you don't mind telling the audience, what is in your computer? Like what are the uh, hardware you have? A graphics card, motherboard? Or- sure. Um, I have um, a Asus uh, Rampage 5 Extreme motherboard. Uh, it's LGA 2011 V3 for the processor uh, socket. Uh, and I currently have a 14-core Xeon processor. Um uh, 28 threads uh, on that one and i have a 512 gig pcie ssd uh, for fast performance from samsung um i think it's 950 pro for that particular model i do have a corsair h110i liquid cooler to go with that processor uh, a gtx 1080 ti for graphics uh, for obviously gaming i do a lot of that I also have three, uh, or sorry, two three terabyte hard drives uh, for backup, and they they are mirrored so that if one drive ever fails, um, I'll have all my important information backed up. Um, so, and then I have a 750 watt power supply um, to go with that. Uh, it's gold and it's modular, so that I can remove all the cables and it's power efficient. What was your biggest challenge when you first started fixing computers? <laughs> Biggest challenge would probably be un, uh, breaking my own computer. Yeah, obviously back in the day, uh, I only had my own laptop. And I was actually fortunate. My parents bought me a laptop, and uh, I, of course, would tinker with it, and it would it would die on me. And I'd be like, "Oh my god, I, I like screwed myself over. Uh, I have to get it back and running." So every single time, you know, it was uh, a challenge to get it back up running, and it was a good learning experience because. I would know exactly the errors that I would get, uh, how I screwed it up, first of all, like what I did um, to screw it up. I would see the error message and then I would figure out, you know, how to fix that. So that was a good learning experience. But every single time it was uh, definitely a hard pounding moment. And you eventually learned and here you are today. But speaking of which, what is your current biggest challenge? Oh, current biggest challenge, probably um, training... uh, the future technicians, uh, we do get a lot of students who are interested in um, learning uh, computer repair. Um, they don't have too much experience, and so we we try to give them as much uh, hands-on, practical experience as possible. And um, with students to leave after uh, a few years, obviously they're finished uh, school. So we train some more and more, and uh, that's uh, it's it's a good challenge, and I, I like. Uh, you know, training new technicians. So you learn new things from these people at the same time as well, right? Yeah, they they get some new ideas. And um, obviously, I try to follow up as much on the latest uh, literature as possible. But every once in a while, they'll come in and be like, oh, uh, have you looked into this? I'm like, oh, that's uh, interesting. I I should look into that. And uh, that way, we could provide more support to uh, people. Where, where do you usually go to get your resources to learn new things about fixing computers or the new updates on technology? Right. Uh, so there are uh, many sites uh, online uh, that provides the latest stuff. There are also press releases from the major manufacturers. Um, so 
I guess uh, those are always good resources to just look up. Uh, you could just look up new technologies um, and uh, different parts available. Uh, uh, I guess, uh, for example, like Seagate Western Digital, they deal a lot of hard drives. Uh, every once in a while, they'll release new uh, interfaces uh, or different capacities. Now you see them going up to like 16, 18 terabytes, which is a lot for one particular hard drive. Um, and you, I have like newsfeed set up to, you know, get just some basic information and I would eventually just follow up and just check. Uh, and YouTube is good too. Uh, we got a lot of, uh, YouTube personalities that, um, I guess follow these, uh, in more detail and they will summarize that as well. You got CES, which is, um, Ooh. I forgot the exact acronym, but uh, every year is a consumer. Oh, it's it's called the Consumer Electronic Show, uh, CES, and uh, they display the latest and greatest in technology. Uh, I mean, it's it's not not every single uh, technology is ready to be released for the public, but it's good to see where the technology is headed. And it might inspire somebody else to come up with something else later on. Exactly. Yeah. Now. If you had a stressful day, does fixing computers help you relax? Uh, if I had a stressful day fixing computers, especially when it's <laughs> really challenging one that I couldn't fix, then I probably wouldn't. Uh, I probably just, you know, go play some games, uh, first person shooter, battlefield or civilization for strategy. I might do that to unwind uh, or, you know, have a Netflix uh, open on the side. So I have two things going on. Um, but if I'm stressed out over some other stuff at work, um, administrative stuff, maybe I will, you know, fix the computer to take my mind off of it. I guess you kind of answered it. Does fixing computers stress you out? Yeah. <laughs> yes. If we get a huge rush of people, like 20 computers, like checking, uh, everybody wants their computer done fast, right? Uh, we serve a lot of students as well as professors. And everyone's in the same boat. So they all request it to be done as quickly as possible. Obviously, we try to fix it as fast as we can, but we also want to ensure the quality of the repair. So, um, you know, uh, it's, it's definitely uh, challenging at times to keep up with uh, the amount of computers that come in. And are there any misconceptions for technicians? Uh, misconceptions for technicians? As in, oh, technicians should know how to fix any and every computer or they know how to... Uh, I don't, I'm not quite sure they, they can hack anything. Or, right. Um, yeah. yeah, technicians, um, like we don't know necessarily every single model. There's so many model computers and they keep on getting released. Every few months you see a different new model. doesn't mean we have uh, worked on it before, but um, the general design and build of the computer chassis, for example, is fairly... Uh, the same. Um, so the screws will be hidden in a certain way, um, or there will be uh, connector cables that are designed a certain way. So um, it's easy for us to, I guess, um, follow similar techniques we use for other computers. But um, every single computer uh, is different. So we sometimes have to look at the manufacturer's guides to make sure that, you know, we get the right part or we disassemble a certain way. So okay. we're not all knowing, but we do know where the resources are to appropriately repair. Give the technician some time. Yeah. They're not going to find the answer right away like that. If they've already dealt with that same model, there's a chance they will, but every situation is unique. Your computer might fail because you drop coffee or it might fail because you have spiders in it. Yeah. Same computer, different problems. Yes. 
Um, how did fixing computers have an impact on your life? Did it teach you to be more patient, more precise, uh, analyze things from different perspectives? Yeah, so fixing computers have helped me, uh, I guess, um, go step by step, analyze the problem, and you have a hypothesis what's causing the problem. You create an action plan, you execute that, and then you see what the results are. And it might fix the problem, it might not. And you you go on to the next step of the diagnostics. Uh, and it, it's really good. And so for a lot of a problem, I, I'm very analytical on solving it. And it's great. It prevents uh, screwing up or it, it allows me to look at different angles. Do you want to present this hobby to the world or keep it more to yourself? In other words, if... Um sharing with the world saying hey i know how to fix computers here's what i've learned i want to share this with people or you're like they'll learn wherever they'll learn i just want to do this to make myself happy yeah i i love to spread knowledge and uh especially those who really want to learn that particular area as somebody who's passionate i, I would love to you know teach them and we get students from campus who are curious and who do want to learn and of course you want to uh like you know spread that knowledge right um, but help will only, uh, go towards who's, who ask. So as long as they ask, uh, I am definitely open to sharing. There you go. So Mike's there for you and we'll put some links below. So where you can probably find some resources to how to fix your computer will get you in the right path to get your computer fixed. Do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in picking up, picking up fixing computers, I guess? Yeah, um, I guess uh, start off with uh, your computers that you're not afraid to break. Uh, obviously, you're you're probably gonna break it, <laughs> but uh, don't be shy. Uh, you can also buy some used computers, uh, which uh, will help you, I guess, expedite that process. Or you can um, go to computer repair shop, recycling centers, and maybe you know uh, see if they'll give you some uh, broken ones for free to give it a shot. Um, and YouTube, again, um, they have uh, some great tutorial videos. Um, and oh, one last thing, uh, definitely um, have the right tools. Um, it's a lot easier to fix things with the appropriate tools. Uh, I mean, you can't jerry-rig stuff and, and we have done that sometimes as well, but um, your life will be a thousand times easier if you just use the right tools. And also, I could be wrong, but don't fix it on a carpet. Yeah, yeah. De uh, like, if you really care about it, definitely use the anti-static mat uh, that prevents static electricity, uh, and that way you're properly grounded. Um, and I uh, would definitely not recommend carpet. Stay away from carpet, kids. They're bad for you. Um, do you have any social media links or websites or anything like that you want to share with the audience? Could be personal, could be your work website, or it can be some person that you find inspiring that can teach people things? Yeah. So um, if you are at University of Ottawa and you're looking to get some advice on stuff, uh, we're located in University's uh, Center um, and uh, we're called Campus Tech, uh, C-A-M-P-U-S-T-E-C. And you can go to campustech.ca uh, for our website. Uh, I, I'll be there uh, from time to time and you're welcome to ask for me, for Mike, and uh, I'd be happy to answer any additional questions. Um, and for resources, there depending on the repair, um, there are different uh, resources that you could use. Uh, different YouTube personalities uh, present different subjects. They're specialists in that particular field. Um, so HDD Recovery Services, they deal with a lot of data recovery technologies. 
you have Lewis Rossman with motherboard microsoldering, or especially for liquid damage repairs. And um, you can uh, definitely look up topic specific, and then there will be somebody who's an expert in that area. Great. And so what I tend to do different on this show is I throw the question back to you to ask me. So I would ask you, do you have any questions for me about computer technicians or fixing computers? It can be anything at all. I know I'm not an expert, just throwing it out there, but it gives that idea that, oh, an amateur who doesn't know anything will try to answer a question. Yeah. So, uh, like, I guess, um, a lot of, uh, people, they come and request for these services, uh, really, really quickly. So I guess, um, Alex, how uh, fast do you expect a computer technician to fix these computers? Um, well, I would say depending on the problem, usually for me, I can kind of tell like, okay, well, this is a more of a hardware problem. I can, you can hear it if the fan is over working, uh, software problems. So I would say hardware, I can expect a few weeks. Okay. Just to get the parts in. I, I, I can't expect anything to be done one day. It's a hardware. Sometimes it's shipped from a different continent. Yeah. Because it's a specific piece. And even though sometimes it's an older computer, so you have to search a lot more. It's like cars. The older the car gets, the harder the parts are harder to find. Um, if it's software as well, I'd give it, I, I say personally, if they don't have anything else, because I know all these places have multiple computers to fix, maybe a week. Because the first step would be to assess the problem, trying to figure out. And by doing that, you have to test pretty much everything. It's not just you turn it on. Okay, I know what the problem is, right? And uh, after that, it's trying to figure out different methods, see what works, what doesn't work. And I could be wrong, but there's that period of, all right, I fixed it. I'll give it a break. Try it again later. See if that problem reoccurs. Oh, that's very methodical. You're ready to become a computer technician <laughs> yourself. <laughs> I just need the tools and the resources and I'll be good to go. Yeah. There you have it. Another body with a hobby. I'm your host, Alex. And thank you, Mike, so much for coming on the show and teaching me new things. I was surprised about the bug thing. That was pretty cool. So hopefully everybody listening to this will know that when you have a bug, it could literally mean just a bug in the computer or an actual bug in your computer. Yeah. So if you would like to learn more about Mike, I'll put all the information below. I'll have some, a few websites down there so you can look up and learn about how becoming a computer technician or fixing computers. And if you'd like to be on the show or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care.